You're listening to the International Moving Podcast, your guide to moving to another country, brought to you by SDC International Shipping, LA's finest. An international move is exciting. It's a time to start over, establish a new business maybe, reestablish family ties, or retire where your budget will do more for you. Please enjoy today's episode, and if you have any questions about your international move, give us a call at 888-779-3962. That's 888-779-3962. Hey everyone, this is Jim for SDC International Shipping. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Today I want to share some thoughts with you based on some conversations that I had recently. Now I have the, I I have to call it a blessing. Every other week I meet with a group of, I call them old timers. I mean the youngest one in the group is I believe 64 maybe. The oldest is in their early 80s. And it's a group of guys that I was able to connect with several years ago. I'm still in my late 50s, so I'm the young one of the group. But these men are well-traveled. They own businesses before they retire. They've been all over the world. And it's so nice to sit and talk with people and get insights into places that maybe you'll never actually get there. But they can give you an insight based on having lived there, vacationed there over a course of decades, Some of them even own property there. But one individual stood out in the conversation this past week, and he's from my friend Bill. He's from New Jersey, but originally he was born in El Salvador. His family relocated to New Jersey for more opportunities. And what's interesting, when I think back about the roots of my own family, my own family came over, immigrated from Italy. My grandfather was born on the boat between Italy and Ellis Island, And so he had a dual citizenship, Italian plus American. It's pretty interesting. I don't know if they still do that today, if you're born kind of like on the way over. But then again, I don't think they do the immigrant boat type of thing today in the same way they did back then. I know a lot has changed, but I don't know if you're born in international waters. How does that work? Are you part the country you're coming from and part the country you're going to? All right, let me get back to what I was saying about my friend Bill. Bill grew up in New Jersey, so we have a lot in common, and we like to talk about the differences between New Jersey and other parts of the country. Now, if you live in a big city, the pace of life in most cities is very fast compared to the rural areas. But if you live in like the northeastern part of the United States and you move to the southeastern part of the United States or almost anywhere else in the country, you will notice that the pace of living is much faster in the northeast. I'm talking about places like New Jersey, New York, Boston, all that whole area up in the upper northeastern part of the country. It's a very, very fast-paced lifestyle as compared with just about anywhere else in the world. I've heard people who grew up in the UK come over and spend time in a place like New York City. And if you compare New York City to, let's say, Paris or just about any other city that you can think of, the pace of life in New York is so much more intense that it's often a type of culture shock to people who've never been around it. I more or less grew up around that type of mindset. Being born in North Jersey, ended up moving to Central Jersey. And one of the things that I want to add here is this. Back in the day, 
Back in the day is getting, I you know, we used to talk about back in the day, meaning the 1930s, 40s, 50s. Now, my back in the day is going back into the 60s. But back in the day, when my parents were young, they moved from the city, the area of Newark, New Jersey, to central Jersey because housing was much more affordable. And it's funny when you think about it, I can use the state of New Jersey as an example but by the time I became an adult living in central Jersey, the cost of living midway down the state was so much more expensive than it was when I was born and raised there that my generation had to move even further south. And I don't think you can go much further south now. I don't think wherever you live in New Jersey, unless you're really living in a rural area, the cost of living, the cost of housing, everything is very expensive. Of course, same thing goes for New York, New York City especially. But I was having this conversation with my friend Bill, who, several years older than me, grew up there, recently retired about two years ago, and he was talking to me about the work ethic, how different it was there as compared to when he moved to the state of Florida. And he said basically the southeastern part of the United States, the lifestyle is so slow compared to the Northeast that if you had any type of ambition at all and you wanted to start a business, one of the best places to start it would be in the Southeast, the southernmost part of the country. But so much has changed over the years. So many Northerners have relocated. And a lot. one of the major reasons why people move, of course, is because to enjoy a better quality of life and enjoy a cheaper cost of living. Now, if we go way, way back into like the early 1900s and even before then, I remember hearing stories about people being born in a house, being raised in the house, and eventually handing the house over to their children. The children would inevitably inherit the house. The grandchildren would inherit the house after that. And, of course, people had much more property back then, and families were very close-knit. They stayed together, for better or for worse. And that's what the American lifestyle was like. Fast forward to after World War II, and people talk about coming here to the United States. Some of them were immigrants then, with a few hundred dollars in their pocket, and scrimping and saving and working and coming up with a deposit to be able to purchase their home. And that was more or less the old American dream, to be able to afford to own your own home. By the time the 1980s came around, I remember people were talking about selling the homes that they bought in the late 60s. So you're talking about, you know, 20 years later, late 60s, late 70s, late 80s, going into the 90s, of course, people were paying off 25, 30-year mortgages. And that would be not only a nest egg, they would take that amount of money and they would move south again being everything costing more in the north, they would come here down south, they would pay for their homes in cash, and they would have plenty of money left over for their retirement. So between things like investments, social security, other forms of retirement income, they could live quite comfortably in a state like Florida. And even back in the past, some people preferred to retire out to Arizona or out to California or some of those other places that are out west, very beautiful, very nice, warm weather all year long. Other people, of course, prefer for the change of seasons. But what I'm talking about is comparing that time to today is almost no comparison. A matter of fact, according to the conversation, all these men agreed that the people that are currently in, I would guess, closing in on their retirement years, 
Maybe they're in their mid-50s to late-50s. According to what these people can see, they're saying that this is the last generation of wealth to be turned over because you can't come into the United States anymore with $200 in your pocket or even the equivalent of it today. So if we took $200, let's say, in 1969. All right, so let me look this up quickly. So according to this, $200 in 1969 has the same purchasing power or buying power as $1,673 in 2023. Just Google it. You can look up the value of currency based on different time periods. So I, $200 in 1969 has the purchasing power of $1,673 today. So people would take that $200, they would invest it in, let's say, a new business or possibly some kind of investment. $1,673 in a lot of places barely gets you into a, here in the U.S., barely gets you into a single bedroom. I'm thinking in terms of East Coast. West Coast would be a completely different story. But $1,673 basically doesn't even get you or might just slide in under the wire for a single bedroom apartment. I know it's crazy. Even where I'm making this recording right now, I'm in Florida and in Sarasota, Florida, I believe that $1,700 to $2,000 is the average cost of renting a single bedroom apartment. Now, of course, I'm speaking in generalities now. There's gonna be prices higher, there's going to be prices lower. We're just talking about averages. But where in the world can you take $1,673 and put it away while you're paying rents that are exceeding $1,500 a month and then eventually come up with enough money to put a deposit down on a house anymore while financing the rest? You get where I'm coming from? And so this was sort of the nature of the conversation that we had because a lot of people that are here now are recognizing the fact that whether they grew up here and they recently retired or they came from other countries, they did well here and they're retiring, that their grandchildren and even their children are not going to have the same advantages or grow up in the same world that they did. And so an increasing number of these people are considering relocating who have never relocated before. So for example, my friend Bill was telling me how much El Salvador had changed since the time he left. Crime was rampant for the last 30 something years in El Salvador. Gangs basically ruled the streets. And today they have a a new president there, very controversial for some of the things he did. I believe that they rounded up all of the gang members and basically had some kind of law he put in place where if you had these gang symbols tattooed on your body, basically you're facing 100 years in prison. No trial, you know, no debating it, no arguing it. And, you know, of course, that did cause an uproar in the international community. Bottom line is today El Salvador is ranked as the safest country in Latin America. And according to the statistics that just came out in July 2023, their homicide rate is, I think, one of the lowest in the entire world now. 2.2 homicides for every 100,000 people. And so that's a stark contrast to the El Salvador of the past. And so what's interesting now is over the last year, you have international companies that are deciding to relocate to El Salvador. One of my previous episodes, I talked about companies that are relocating to Puerto Rico 
because of the low taxes there. And so what we're seeing today is not only are people more mobile than ever before, not only are there more people uh, relocating or choosing to live an expat type of lifestyle, but companies also. Before, we would only see, what, Fortune 500 companies moving internationally. But today, the logistics of how all of this works makes it possible for small to mid-sized companies to relocate to wherever they want to re relocate to. Now, we're talking about relocation. I'm not specifically talking about giving up your citizenship. I'm talking about becoming a resident in another country. And the men that I, was, that I happened to be talking to the other night, many of these men have spent time in Central America. And so they were comparing living in Central America, places like Belize, Costa Rica, uh, in some cases, Mexico, Panama, places like that as viable options, possibly even in their own future. Now, several of them own very nice properties in Florida. Some of them properties in Florida and in California. They're doing pretty well, but even they admit that there's almost no way, again, we're speaking in generalities, that their children, as well as their grandchildren, would be able to take whatever was left to them and stretch it out for the next generation. In their opinion, the wealth is disappearing faster and faster and faster because even if you inherited quite a bit of money, we, we'd have to be talking about millions or had multiple homes left to you. The cost of upkeeping these properties, if you don't have enough cash coming in, the cost of paying taxes on all of these things, basically all of these things would have to be liquidated because the upkeep would be impossible for them to maintain. It's sort of like you see with professional athletes or even actors or famous musicians who have maybe several hits and then they kind of disappear after that. When the career ends, if they haven't managed their money properly, they have to scale down their lifestyles accordingly, just like everyone else does. Mansions get sold. They no longer have fleets of vehicles filling their garages and driveways. And so the point I'm making is that regardless of where you are on the financial scale, you can see there is a trend that more and more people are relocating to enjoy a better lifestyle and a more affordable cost of living. And this is becoming normal in the minds of a number of Americans. And the relocating mindset is no longer limited to the United States. Once a state becomes popular, Florida is a great example. California before that, Texas it's happening to right now. Once a state becomes really popular, the cost of living can dramatically increase there over a relatively short span of time because you have this huge influx of people wanting to take advantage of better cost of living, nicer lifestyle, whatever it happens to be. But then money has to be invested in that, in that state's infrastructure and everything has to be built out to accommodate that influx of people. And before you know it, all of the elements that made that state so attractive are no longer there especially when it comes to things like maybe taxes and cost of living. Someone has to pay to build all of that to accommodate all of the people coming in. And so one of the things you have to remember is that when you look at the expat movement, it's happening for a reason. It's becoming more popular for a reason. And so, yes, there are several factors, finances included in there, that are driving the expat movement today. And keep in mind that being an expat doesn't necessarily mean that you give up your U.S. citizenship. I know a few people that relocated to Mexico while retaining their U.S. citizenship. And here's a few, if we use Mexico for an example, 
let's say that you want to spend, I don't know, nine months in Mexico and three months here in the United States. You can establish a residency or, or not. The length of stay, using Mexico again as an example, if you want to be there as a tourist, you can be there for up to 180 days on a tourist visa. Regardless of the country or the location, it makes sense to spend some time there as a visitor or tourist first to make sure it's going to live up to your expectations. You can stay longer without having the proper visa, but that will lead to problems. Now, to become a legal resident, for example, in Mexico, and every country is a little different, you typically need to apply for a temporary or a permanent resident status first, and this involves proving that you have the sufficient financial means. This includes background checks and things like that. Tax implications. One of my friends moved there without looking into the tax implications and got into a little bit of trouble with that, but the U.S. and Mexico have agreements that prevent double taxation. So if you're a U.S. citizen, you normally need to file taxes in the United States no matter where you live. However, if you spend over 183 days, let's say in Mexico in a year, you may be considered a tax resident and you need to file in Mexico too. Now there's plenty of expat sites that you can visit online. Facebook is an example. They have groups there, communities there, where you can talk to people who have actually moved to whatever area you're considering moving to. I think Reddit also has groups. Just look up uh, on, just Google it for yourself, expat groups for whatever country that you're looking to possibly move to. And you can talk to people that maybe are there six months out of the year, people that are there longer, people that maybe even gave up their residency and asked them about the pros and the cons of it. Ask them, would they do it again if they had the opportunity to? But the logistics of doing all the above are easier than ever before today. And so a lot of that has to do with technology. Um, companies like SDC International Shipping have been around long enough where they can really refine the process, find the right people to work with, train people properly. Some people worry about issues like healthcare. Well, what about this? They have a lot of questions about going overseas. If you're really serious about it, you can contact us anytime at SDC International Shipping, and we'll be happy to talk to you about it. You can go to our website, sdcinternationalshipping.com, and there's a wealth of information there on our blog about pros and cons of living, let's say, in the U.S. versus Spain or Portugal or anywhere else. We talk about things like um, shipping containers and what it's like to ship certain things over, things that you can ship, things that you cannot ship, things that are prohibited. We talk about customs and all of that. But if, you, if you're very serious about doing it, you can talk to someone live. We have a 24-7 uh, chat available there. You can call our toll-free number and talk to someone there. Now, one of the things that's nice about the technology we have today is that if you're going to move, let's say, from the United States to, I don't know, Costa Rica, let's say, or Belize, somewhere in Central America, and you're looking to stay in the Americas, well, what would be the next step after that? I guess it depends on how much research that you've done and how far you are into the process. But as far as the physical items go, if, let's say, you're located in California or one of our other locations, we can have someone actually come out and look at everything, get a visual, because you don't want someone giving you a quote just based on number of rooms. 
You may have certain items uh, that are fragile or different sizes that will need special packing considerations. So before you accept a quote from anyone, a realistic quote would have to be physically seeing all of the items. The good news is maybe you live kind of in the middle of nowhere or at a long distance away. There's plenty of ways that you can show us exactly what you have and what your concerns are by using an app like WhatsApp, for example. You can download that app, have it set up on your phone, connect with a representative at SDC International Shipping, and they'll help you go, if you want, from room to room, and you can show people exactly what needs to be moved, which items you're concerned about. And so, yeah, technology has made this entire process easier, uh, more accurate, and uh, you, you can dot the I's and cross the T's with a lot less hassle than you have in the past. I think that was one of the things that held people back in the past as far as relocating outside of the country. I think there's waves of immigration that if you look back historically, you can see. I know my family came, both sides of my family come from Italy. One side came over back in the eight, late 1880s. The other side came over, my dad's side came over in the early 1900s. And so there was quite a few people at the time coming over over the years to Ellis Island. And then the immigration kind of tapered off. But even before that, going back in history, we had the Irish coming over in the earlier years. Uh, we had the Chinese coming over. And you can just look back historically. And what they went through was incredible. I mean, some people didn't survive the journey. It took months and months on steamships. Today, with the technology we have, with planes, with the, the ships that are available, all of this is down practically to a science. And so whether you have a big move or you're just living in an apartment and have a small move, the thing that would keep people from pulling the trigger on such a move doesn't have anything to do with the actual move itself. So if you feel intimidated by the prospect of having to take all of your belongings, put them in a shipping container, and have them loaded onto a boat, and you're worried about them safely making it to the destination, that's no longer something you need to worry about. Uh, we'd be happy, again, at SDC to answer any questions that you may have, put you at ease that this is something that we do every day, day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out. There are insurances that you can buy if you just want to have those apply to specific items. You can insure everything. There's different ways that that can be handled. And again, if you talk to us, we will walk you through the entire process. You can do your research online. Sometimes, maybe I'm a little old-fashioned, but I think it's nice to be able to actually talk to someone and be able to contact that person again if I have more questions. And that's what you get at SDC International Shipping. We'll actually assign, once the process starts moving forward, someone to you, a regular contact, so that you're not in a position like you are with some companies where you never know who's going to answer the phone. One of the beefs that I've personally had about customer service over the years with a lot of the companies I've done business with, local cable companies and such, that if I have a problem, I want to get it fixed very seldom do I ever talk to the first to the person on the phone ever again. It's always somebody else answering the phone. They always have to look up the case. With SDC International Shipping, 
you're going to be talking with, you're going to have one person to be there with you through the whole process. They'll be able to answer whatever questions you may have. They can help you understand the logistics of your move better, what's involved, timeframes, customs, visas, and all of that. So at the end of the day, STC International Shipping is more than just a shipping company. We're a complete relocation service, and we understand the entire process instead of just one or two aspects of it. And then you have to juggle everything else yourself, which is the case with a lot of moving companies. Now, let me close by saying this today. That old saying, home is where the heart is, I really do believe that. But I also believe that sometimes... Maybe you're at the point in your life where, if you're honest with yourself, you admit that you've experienced the best of what your city offers or what your state has to offer, maybe even what the U.S. has to offer. And if that's so with you, I think that's okay. I don't think there's a right and a wrong as far as that goes. I think it comes down to an individual's personal experience. And as a citizen of the U.S., you have an amazing opportunity to easily make another country your home. I mean, whether you're talking about the relaxing pace and coastal living of a place like Belize, practicing your Spanish while enjoying uh, Mexico's very unique cuisine, or whether you're talking about going over to Europe, enjoying the cobblestone streets of Barcelona, the lower cost of living abroad means that Retirement savings can take you much further so you can truly live the kind of life you want to live. But when you only experience one culture your entire life, in some ways, I guess you could liken it to reading the same book over and over and over again or watching the same shows over and over and over again. It's like there's a whole library out there you can take advantage of. Sometimes it's really easy to get stuck in a rut and in a daily grind. And so you can... Most certainly spice up your life with an international move. There's a huge world out there, and it's there if you want to explore it. And I think that more and more people are recognizing this, and that's why we're seeing this increase in people relocating internationally. We see more of the expat life being taken advantage of. And that's another thing. Let me just finish by saying that Wherever you go, there's probably going to be a sizable expat community there, especially if we're talking about anywhere in Central America or any of the popular European destinations. The chances are huge that there is an American expat community there. All right, so that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Today's episode was sort of um, me just sharing some thoughts with you, a little bit different than I usually do. I hope you did enjoy it though. If you have any questions, as always, feel free to contact us. Our website is sdcinternationalshipping.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for listening. Whether you're relocating within the country or moving to the other side of the world, we're here to help from start to finish. Connect with us today at 888-779-3962. That's 888-779-3962.